0: You are listening to Culture Machine Live, a podcast series dedicated to discussions of culture and theory. To find out more about the open access electronic journal Culture Machine, visit www.culturemachine.net. I'm talking with Geert Lovink, media theorist, net critic and activist. Uh, Lovink is research professor of interactive media at the Hogeschool of Amsterdam a Professor of Media Theory at the European Graduate School and an Associate Professor of New Media at the University of Amsterdam. I will ask him some questions on his research practice, the nature of organized networks, alternative sites of knowledge production, the future of media studies and the colonization of real time. Okay Geert, if you look back at your career as a researcher, in what way have you seen your research practice over the years change or not in your interaction with new media and digital tools and in what way do you think your own development in this respect is exemplary for changing research practices within the humanities as a whole?
1: Yeah, I I had a 20-year career break as they uh, call it I have not been uh, in academia uh, for quite a while I graduated in 83 as a you know, political scientist at the University of Amsterdam and returned only in 2003 uh, as a postdoc uh, at the University of Queensland uh, in uh, in Brisbane. Uh, so during that time I was um, a free floating intellectual and I was um, a researcher and a theorist but at the same time I was uh, unemployed at least until you know 93 that's when I uh, managed to, um, you know, make a living uh, as a th- theorist. Uh, so if I look at my methods, I, I, I cannot distinguish that from, you know, from, from this, uh, from this uh, CV, let's say, uh, because, yeah, maybe I'm a rare case. I, I did not stay in uh, academia. And uh, I still consider myself uh, a public intellectual and, uh, first and foremost, a theorist. Mm-hmm. I'm not an academic, mm-hmm. and also I, I do not, uh, you know, have a particular interest mm-hmm. in in and in no in no investment in in uh, in my academic per, uh, career mm-hmm. in that sense. Uh, I'm working here now. Yeah, that's true. Since um, uh, yeah, a bit over, let's say, eight years. <laughs> so. But that's already quite uh, quite a while, um, and uh, the the big changes that I uh, that I have seen um, is maybe like that that in the 90s uh, we uh, these were the you know the years of theory. Uh, after I read a lot and um, kind of made a switch from the social sciences to the humanities, mm-hmm. uh, quite gradually. Step by step in the 1980s moving away maybe also f- uh, from uh, my activist past um, and and uh, politics in the narrow sense, maybe uh, my involvement in the squatters movement mm-hmm. towards uh, an interest in the in the arts uh, and in the in the humanities uh, personally, I made that switch or maybe already quite early in eighty three or eighty four but you know i i had to kind of restart uh, so the ni- 1980s and 90s for me were the years of high theory mm-hmm. and uh, speculation and with speculation also came ideology criticism and uh, so i in the 90s uh, there was an enormous amount uh, happening and also my uh, yeah, my uh, maybe reinvention, invention as a, as an internet critic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, for, since '95, uh, together with pet Schultz, we started the Nettime project, and we had an idea that uh, you know we should really start to work on the foundations. Uh, of what we call Internet criticism. And now slowly, you know, uh, we maybe I'm ready to maybe work on that a bit more systematically, Mm -hmm. but uh, at the same time we have to say this field is very, very turbulent, and it remains so. And so what, what, we, what we are faced with uh, is that uh, there is no time for systematic study. Mm-hmm. There's no time uh, for, to answer the question, yes, but what is your methodology? Mm-hmm. This is a silly question mm-hmm. for the simple fact that the object of study is changing mm-hmm. all the time. So the, 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 if you think you have a, you know, a field of study with a methodology and you do this, yeah, what what people f- uh, find themselves into time and again is that they write the history of their object,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and this is this is a problem. Now, in itself, there's nothing against history, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but uh, very o- or very often we want to make an impact with uh, with our writings, with our research, right? And this is, this is a fundamental problem that we are, we are struggling Mm -hmm. with. (laughs) Uh, So the fluidity of the object. And, um, and that has enormous ramifications for for the way we we study it in general i could say that after the wild years maybe i had uh, i would uh, i was uh, putting some more emph- emphasis on on let's say case studies i, I did a lot uh, of uh, studies on uh, you know the di- inner dynamics of uh, virtual communities mm-hmm. and i i still uh, do that um, more or less although i have to say these days it's it's a bit more uh, difficult because the object is changing uh, platforms all the time. Yeah. yeah. So in the past it was relatively simple in that sense. You had Usenet, you had mailing lists, you had emails and so on. Yeah. Uh, these days um, uh, this is uh, all over the place. And uh, if I look at methodologies, um, yeah, it's it's again maybe uh, maybe because the the the, f- the pressure of web 2.0 and social media is again very very fierce Mm -hmm. so the hype is is quite intense at the moment and so the the necessity to do kind of classic uh... kind of criticism or ideology criticism uh... you know is is there uh, again
0: and then you see yourself as a kind of forerunner in this or do you see this as a kind of development that is typical also in media studies and in humanities or
1: no, I don't think so, because I don't think in, in the other fields um, the changes are are, are that dramatic. Mm. And I think uh, luckily for others, you know, they have more time. They are given more time to develop, you know, a coherent yeah. uh, approach. Also maybe to, to develop a school, a school of thought. Yeah? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't see this uh, this happening. What we see in, in new media... Um, uh, is also, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of play between appearances and disappearances is really, really yeah. I- intense. Yeah. Uh, and this also counts for academic uh, studies. Yeah. Uh, so new media is already out. Uh, yeah, Forget it. All the departments are, are closing down. People uh, yeah, are losing their mm-hmm. jobs. New media is out. You need to now study, uh, you know, mobile phones or maybe two years ago people were forced into a second life these days, uh, they're forced into, uh, yeah? yeah, and so on. Yeah? So that pressure to, to, um, to reorganize the field yep. every few years, yep. and it's ridiculous, I have to say, I mean, you know, maybe we should just stop this, because uh, uh, I, I don't see that it necessarily translates into, uh, you know, inter- interesting work.
0: Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, second question, um, in your book Zero Comments and in recent articles such as MyBrain.net and Underground Networks in the Age of Web 2.0, um, you argue for the rise of organized networks to change the architecture of the web. Um, you argue that as a consequence of amongst others the massification strategies of Web 2.0, uh, the internet is being confronted with an increase in mostly regional and national based control. Um, could you tell something about this development and about how these organized networks, in your vision, should be established as a kind of counter movement? And also, in what they do, contemporary uprisings such as the Arab Spring argue for the opposite namely, that the future of platform politics lies in movements that are spontaneous and more autonomous, for
1: mm-hmm. instance. Okay. Well, let me start saying that uh, organized networks is uh, is a, is a typical let's say it's a it's a concept it's mm-hmm. a proposal yeah. right um, it's something that you know you may or may not see emerging mm-hmm. I don't know I don't mind in in, in a way uh, it's very clearly a response. To what we think, uh, you know, is, is kind of the, the weak side, the dark side of the idea that networks can only thrive if they um, further explore. The so-called weak ties. Yeah. So and uh, the, uh, the simple idea that uh, if we kind of connect um, uh, to the friends of friends of friends, yeah. uh, uh, that we, we will uh, get more knowledge, become more happy, uh, yeah, um, organize ourselves uh, politically in a better way, and so on, yeah. I personally do not believe mm-hmm. I, th- I think that the exploration of uh, weak ties is uh, is first and foremost a corporate strategy, mm-hmm. and it 's tied to companies like Twitter and Facebook that themselves want to grow in mm-hmm. that way, yeah, and they force their constituencies into it, and people are lured into it, and I understand why because the network uh, uh, way of working you know is uh, is uh, you know has that uh, element uh, in it, but I think that very very uh, soon people will uh, will get uh, bored with it. Um, they will not see the benefits of it, uh, they will understand you know what is my what is my relation to these people exactly. Um, and we see in politics uh, also a necessity to use these ne- network tools, but in a much much more focused uh, way. Now you could say, okay, there is the Arab Spring, uh, there are the Twitter and Facebook revolutions, and yes, I mean that's obvious. Uh, they, uh, you know, they they happened, and um, um, I I'm I think it's still a bit too early uh, to say. Um, it's now um, May mm-hmm. yeah, 2011. They happened uh, a couple of months uh, ago. Um, uh, also with the Iranian revolution back in 79, you know, we have, you know, uh, how the um, eu- euphoria was there, and, um, okay, we all read about it, um, uh, you know, how, how um, Michel Foucault's involvement was in it, uh, eh? and then we can start to uh, say, well, was he a fool, uh, mm-hmm. should he, eh? mm-hmm. and so on. I don't think Foucault is a fool, eh? um, the problem is at the moment we cannot... Uh, really uh, understand or know how, you know, history will play out. Yeah. And so, yes, uh, the, the Twitter and, and Facebook played a, um, a certain role in the events, uh, but we could also say that um, even more important uh, in the case of, uh, and, and more, uh, you know, insightful in, in, in the sense of um, directing to the future was, uh, for instance, the fact that... Uh, the Egyptian authorities managed to switch off uh, the internet. Yeah. I think uh, you could say that uh, that that, that uh, is something all governments dream of yeah, yeah, and yeah. thought this is a really futuristic step yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that the uh, uh, and they will do everything they can also in the West yeah. uh, to uh, to get there. So uh, you know, if in in times of crisis. A, um, a regime, or uh, you know, even a even a de- democratic regime, uh, you know, in, can uh, can switch off communications. That's very powerful. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, yes, there is there is uh, the, and I, I want to read more about you know the role of Twitter and Facebook yeah. in that. Um, at the same time, we know, you know, from the events uh, in in Libya. Uh, now in Syria, but also in Bahrain and other places, that um, the role of uh, of social media and uh, you know it has been very limited, mm-hmm. and um, it, it also maybe points at the fact that uh, uh, you know certain um, certain structures, certain social um, networks maybe uh, already may have existed, and um, and if you if you know a little bit more about, for instance, about Egypt, because um, mm-hmm. I have been there and I. I follow Egypt a bit more, Tunisia I don't know uh, very well. Uh, the, uh, the amounts of protests uh, over the last uh, four years preceding, uh, let's say, the, the January events of 2011 were considerable. Um, so there have been a lot of social movements and uh, and also protests and uh, you know very violent ones uh, but that have been uh, brutally repressed. And yeah. uh, so um, uh, it didn't really fall out of the out of the sky. And maybe this is the problem also with uh, with uh, Syria and uh, Libya, for instance. Uh, that there, there, there is hardly any structure there. So there's also, uh, so even if there's no structure there amongst people, if there's no more or less organ, organized opposition, uh, Twitter and Facebook can also not, okay. not play a yeah. role. Okay,
0: that's clear. Um, Thirdly, I wanted to ask you, um, so in your research, you for a kind of network politics then, um, if you look at knowledge institutions in which you are now working too, um, mm-hmm. they in many ways still functions as kind of singular bastions of power centered on specific established research fields, uh, centers and institutions. Um, so what in your opinion would be the potential of kind of alternative sites of knowledge production such as those that have been established the last few years outside or in between institutions Mm. so think of alternative sites for often online learning and debating such as the network of schools set up by the public school or the growing groups of alternative open or other universities that have been established as a response to the budget cuts in the UK and for instance file sharing sites such as ARC uh, where scanned-in digital versions of theory books are exchanged and debated with the intention of developing critical discourse outside of an institutional framework. So what do you think about these alternative sides of knowledge production and do they have the potential to grow from sides of what you maybe call tactical media into these kind of organized networks of power?
1: Yeah, um, as I said uh, in the beginning, I, I have been uh, involved outside of academia yeah. for, for 20 years, and um, I'm a little bit wary uh, now to, uh, to talk or to advise uh, people who are outside of academia. Not that I want to remain uh, the distinction so much, but I know that these two fields operate uh, in, 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 different, uh, in different ways. Um uh in academia you do certain things knowing uh that even even uh, no matter how short your contract is that you you are paid on a monthly basis yeah. yeah uh if we move outside of academia this is no longer the case yeah. uh? so people are freelance uh they're the so-called precarious uh workers um but also, I would say, uh, they enjoy a lot of more freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, with the, the kind of loss of, of that, um, uh, no matter how temporary, uh, job security, um, uh, they, uh, they enjoy uh, a lot more uh, freedom. Um, and, uh, yeah, the question is, do, um, do you uh, use that freedom? in a in a, in, a, in a useful way mm-hmm. or, or or do you just uh, work for clients or um, do you just see yourself as a freelancer that uh, can be hired as a consultant or do you see yourself as a cultural producer mm-hmm. uh, as some as an as, a, as an as an actor yeah. um, and uh, the um, initiatives that you uh, list here are all uh, you know very very interesting mm-hmm. and um, I'm very inspired by them, and yeah, if if it's useful, you know, to support them from from the academic field, I would certainly not, uh, you know, uh, not say no. But um, yeah, I I never want to you know co-opt them or in any way. Uh, of course, I want to promote uh, their work, but. I also understand that, you know, so, something like the public school is something that you know should thrive on its uh, on its own, yeah. uh, and um, because that's the very idea of it. Yeah.
0: But what about that you you say that they are kind of outside, but in a way you can say they are also inside or in between, because many of the founders or people who give classes within these structures are still employed within universities? What do you think about these kind of in-between people that do actually have yeah. a steady salary, but next to that they try to create kind of alternative sites? then?
1: Yeah, uh, that, that's the reality. I understand that. Yeah, because to do it, uh, you know, uh, for the full hundred yeah. percent outside, to be, to be fu- fully autonomous, it's very very difficult. Yeah. Huh? How can you how how can you live an autonomous life? Yeah. This is really this is the challenge. And um, yes, I've I've tried myself, uh, f- f- you know, for a long time to kind of do that. Um, but um, yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's pretty tough. And um, yeah. To look for in between forms. Yeah, I'm not sure if that should be. Yeah, but the the, the question is, uh, you know, should we um, should we look for such arrangements, mm-hmm. or should we further even maybe even theorize that, yeah. or or should we just, you know, maintain maintain a certain distance. Okay i'm I'm more in favor of maintaining a certain distance while admitting as you say okay. yes that huh, if at least you know a substantial amount of actors inside that will huh, will have a role but uh and and will have some some income yeah. uh from uh let's say um you know academic or, or established uh, mm-hmm. knowledge uh, uh, institutions okay. um maybe it's better to um discuss this more from the perspective of uh, of movements you know um can uh, can 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 social movements these days um, you know, create such uh, structures, yeah. and the problem there uh, what I see uh, is that uh, there 's an enormous turnover uh, and intensification uh, of time uh, and uh, space uh, so uh, movements have, these days uh, rarely have time uh, to develop themselves yeah. to to network themselves in- internationally, yeah. Because they are often taken by by events, and that is a, a very serious pressure that these um, initiatives uh, also have to deal with. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um In mybrain.net you write, the internet has penetrated society to such an extent that they have become one and the same. And I thought it was a very striking kind of uh, statement you make here. And I was wondering what you think this statement means for the future of media studies, and you already discussed, uh, talked about this a little bit, or media theory in that sense. Uh, If media are no longer mediating our experience in a way but have become our experiences, um, is there still a need for media studies in this more classical sense? Wouldn't we better off in the future to explore the internet from, for instance, a more sociological, ethnographic perspective uh, so, what will be the, f- uh, the future value of media studies when everything has become media studies?
1: Mm-hmm. I discuss this at length in my next book, uh, where, which has a chapter, uh, the, uh, in fact the longest uh, one, uh, called Media Studies, uh, Reconstruction of a Failed Merger. Okay. And uh, that deals in particular with the tensions between, uh, the, let's say, the image-based... Uh, disciplines like uh, film uh, and uh, television studies and uh, you know their ambivalent uh, um, relationship to um, to new media and uh, kind of the rivalries and uh, you know where um, uh, kind of uh, people with an, an approach from from the side of images how they enter the field of new media, especially now in the age of internet and social media huh, uh, no longer come to terms because the internet is not uh, you know the remediation of television huh? and uh, no matter how much how many uh, films you look at YouTube and mm-hmm. so on huh, it doesn't really matter. No but uh, yeah that it is the it, the internet is not the continuation uh of radio and film and uh, television with other means mm-hmm. right um so the whole um, because the whole network aspect the whole social aspect the the, the fact that uh, there's now an, an enormous uh, you know complex feedback loops uh, mm-hmm. uh, interactivity uh, that also drives n- new industries like uh, like Google uh, m- just make makes it uh, makes it um, you know in my um, uh, understanding uh, you know really uh, really different yeah. and uh, there's a big hesitation uh, if not to say uh, you know rivalry and um, straight out struggle uh, happening and it don- the struggle doesn't look very good for new media. Uh, so uh, media, new media studies uh, as such mm-hmm. are on the way out, yeah. uh, and so th- so we are um, uh, looking at uh, um, a phenomena that has been growing exponentially over the last twenty years, and that in terms of uh, its academic validity uh, is about to uh, disappear. Yeah. A lot of uh, programs are not uh, continued. Uh, there are no, uh, you know, major studies appearing. Uh, there's no canon really uh, in development. No. A lot of the literature uh, still refers to the to the good old days, the golden days of the 1990s. Uh, and that's that's just a, a fact, you know, when, when Saskia Sassen, uh, Lev Manuich uh, Manuel Castells, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the others, maybe even including me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, made their appearances and uh, wrote their studies yeah. and formulated their theses. Uh, institutionally, in, uh, over, the, over the last ten years, not much uh, has uh, has happened. And uh, yes, indeed, there is a dissemination of all this and um, an uptake of this uh, in in a variety of uh, of other uh, disciplines and uh, studies. And it is true that um, you know the ethnographic approach, in my understanding, you know, in my my practice. Mm-hmm. Is now the dominant methodology. Yeah. At least when students come to me, mm-hmm. this is where we what we do, yeah. what we go through. Yeah, yeah? that's correct. Yeah. Um, also, if you look at a lot of the studies, uh, a lot of the kind of social science methods, um, you know, they are ver- very important yeah. because uh, information processing and so on, uh, how to deal with information, visualization and so on. So there's a heavy kind of uh, social science. Methodology. Yeah. So yes, there is a there is a crisis in in terms of you know how the humanities uh, want to uh, further contribute to this. Yeah. And what we have seen over the last ten years is a is a general withdrawal. Uh, for, for many of the humanities uh, um, scholars. New media became too complicated, and in, in a way they didn't want to uh, to to make the step to make the, let's say, the technological turn, maybe, and to understand that they maybe had, had to go back to school as well and, yeah. and train, and retrain, and, and, and really get it an, an, a, a deeper uh, an, a technical understanding, for instance, of software okay, and, and yeah. so on. And so there was an unwillingness after the, uh, the big uh, kind of Deleuzean speculative yeah. bubble uh, to, to make a next step. And of course there are a lot of efforts underway now, if you look at uh, social, uh, you know, uh, software studies uh, initiatives to kind of uh, regain that lost uh, territory. Yeah. But uh, in, in general, if we look uh, across the board, uh, these initiatives, um, like what we do here, uh, are very small okay. and about to uh, disappear, i okay.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um, Last question, could you shortly explain what you mean by the colonization of real-time and maybe expand on what this might mean for scientific research? Um, For instance, with the move towards online collaborative research, will we see a shift from product to process with the possibility of real-time updating of research results and, for instance, the use of wikis in scientific and scholarly research? And do you think this development would be a good thing?
1: Yeah, the uh, colonization of real time is, of course, what you see happening uh, when you introduce Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Facebook also, but Facebook is uh, nowhere near as, uh, as fast as, uh, as Twitter. Twitter is explicitly aimed mm-hmm. uh, also to destroy the news industry uh, and to overtake it. Uh, because it's it's even faster than satellite television yeah? it's, uh, be- because it has the social component yeah. that so many uh, people um, yeah, in the field uh, can contribute uh, and can bring in can, uh, uh, and can add and comment on news fact uh, in in real time when when they are on the spot um and this has led to another kind of um you know almost a virilian turn so, so that everything that Paul Virilio has written over mm-hmm. the last 30 years has again become more true, yeah? and has again overtaken all the the, the theses of, uh, of of Virilio themselves. In the sense that, you know, the acceleration, the re, the, 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 the the politics of uh, of working in, 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 in real time, of working with the speeds of light, and so on, has even become you know more true, uh, experienced and practiced by even more people
0: yeah
1: yeah and that yeah whether that is now going to start to have an impact on um, on academics and knowledge production yeah in theory it should but uh, I don't see much evidence of no. that no so it's
0: really yeah. a thing that is <laughs> happening outside Yeah? yeah?
1: But uh, the academic, uh, no. Uh, and the, it doesn't matter what, what certain teachers say, that they use Twitter in the classroom and so on. No. These are all neat uh, yeah, stories, but uh, that's not really uh, what this is uh, about. Would you like
0: to see it happen?
1: No, no, about? absolutely not. Okay. No, I, I'm i also not... Uh, uh, but uh, n- what I would like to see is mm-hmm. to have uh, you know, a, a more uh thorough and rigorous uh, theorization of yeah. that development okay, because yeah. that development is very very real yeah. and it's happening in society and uh, so that in that case uh, you know in in that sense uh, that's necessary but uh, no, to, uh, what I'm more in favor of is um, is to, to develop more uh, more interesting maybe cultures of reflection uh, that um, that really allow people to um, study these phenomena uh, but still um, you know step back uh, yeah. a little bit and and maybe do that as you say you know um, together uh, in a in a collaborative. Fashion, because that's uh, very important. Because the, the the pressure on individual scholars, on individual teachers yeah, in the classroom, and so on, um, to indeed uh, you know participate uh, and to fully integrate these real time tools uh, is very very real. Yeah. yeah? Um, people already complain, you know, oh, I, I, I have to read my email at 12 o'clock in the night and I have to hmm, be in contact with my students uh, 24-7 and so on. Yeah, yeah? yeah, well, okay, these are the, huh, the kind of artificial uh, yeah. signs that we hear, um, but uh, there's much, much more uh, to come in that sense. Okay.
0: You are listening to Culture Machine Live, a podcast series dedicated to discussions of culture and theory. To find out more about the open access electronic journal Culture Machine, visit www.culturemachine.net.